Stand firm with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. All right, welcome to another episode of Spirit Katana. I'm your host, the old man. I'm Ruby. And I'm Jadefire. And today we're going through Acts 17 through 24. All right, so we're in Thessalonica, it looks like. Oh, yeah. I thought it was Thessalonia. No. But there's a sea in there. Yep, there's a sea. Is it the Dead Sea? Can we drown in the sea? (laughs) So, so Paul's spreading the message some more. Yep. And it looks like he's traveling. So he did it in Thessalonica. And he goes to Berea and Athens. Um, there's a lot of idols in Athens. Wait, where's that? Uh, down in verse 16. While Paul was waiting for them in Athens, he was greatly distressed to see that the city was full of idols. But then he went back to reasoning in the synagogue. That's where he he did a lot of stuff. He kept going to the synagogues and reasoning there. He liked to reason things out. Use a lot of reasoning. Anyway. um, Did you have any other thoughts on it? Like highlights? (laughs) I was wondering. Like I was trying to see if I did. But I I actually didn't actually highlight anything here. Except a long time ago I did put a bookmark in verse 34 some of the people became followers of paul and believed among them was dionysius a member of the aeropagus also a woman named damaris and a number of others and dionysius um he has there's a there's a that's the name of somebody that's involved in some greek mythology i think he is even connected to the uh labyrinth myth with the minotaur in the labyrinth you know oh yeah, yeah 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 Oh really? Yeah. Cool. It was a cool story. It is a very interesting story. So I just I I highlighted that just because of the name of the person involved. But um, how about you? Did you have anything of interest in chapter seventeen? I think uh, my my highlights in these these eight chapters are actually fairly light. I have some lighter highlights. Um, might be a short episode. <laughs> we'll talk about every verse in every chapter. So only eight verses today, guys. <laughs> One verse in each chapter? Mm-hmm. You said every verse. So I'm I like, meant one verse. Like, <laughs> I was um, like, that's going to take forever. <laughs> I meant one verse per chapter. Nothing else in 17? All right. Well, we could move on. Okay. Well, we are ju- jumping into 18, which is where... I where I have my house. That's fine. Which is where he goes to Corinth. Corinth, yes. We're traveling all over the place. Do you know who lives in Corinth? Do you know what the people who live in Corinth are called? Corinthians? Yes. Oh, I, so, I was going to say Corinthians. Yeah, Corinthians. So the two letters to the Corinthians are to the, that church. Okay, isn't Corinthians a book in the Bible? Yes, that's what I'm saying. First Corinthians and Second Corinthians. And First Corinthians 13 like, is the love um, chapter. Like, um, yeah, I like the love chapter. Where's that other thing where with uh, Deuteronomy or something? Like oh. some other place was named after a chapter or after a book? Oh, Ephesians? We talked about that. Ephesus yeah. and Ephesians? Yeah. Yeah. 
Because you were reading that out loud to me the other day. Um. Yes. Yeah. This acts is about all the places he was going and setting up churches and things like that, and then he writes letters to him later. Um. Let's see. So in Corinth, he meets uh, Aquila and Priscilla. Ooh, I like these two. You like them? Why do you like them? They're a husband and wife, right, from Italy. Yeah, they do other stuff later on. I like them. Well, that's another thing. We had a weird whole thing about the Italian regiment last time. And you're like, oh, so they're not in, like, they're not in the same places or whatever? I thought they were in Rome and stuff, you said, right? Really? Last, last week, when we were talking about the, the, the one guy that was in charge of the Italian regiment or something. Who was that? Uh, he was a centurion or something that wanted to learn more about God or something like that. I'm trying to remember now. He wanted to, he was going to pay money to get the Holy Spirit? No, that's the Simon the Sorcerer. Let me let me look. Let me look. Cause I made a fool of myself with some of the comments last time. Did? Yes, I realized because I wasn't thinking. Oh, here we go. At Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion in what was known as the Italian Regiment. He and all his family were devout and God-fearing. He gave generously to those in need and prayed to God regularly. One day, at about three in the afternoon, he had a vision. He distinctly saw an angel of God who came to him and said. Cornelius, what is it, Lord, he asked. Your prayers and gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. Now send a man to Joppa to bring back a man named Simon, who is called Peter. And then Peter had the dream about the sheet coming down. And so then he met those men. So this is the Gentile that needed to have to meet with Paul, right? But it said that he was part of the Italian regiment. And you're all like, well, I thought he was like in Rome or something. Like Paul and like, I thought that's what he, where he was traveling and all that stuff. Or Simon and Peter and all them. Oh, yeah. I thought they were just staying in Romish territory. But the point is... is <laughs> where What's is, the point? Where is Rome? I don't know. It's in Italy. <laughs> Rome is in Italy? Yes. Wait. Italy's not in Rome? Let me see if I can find Rome. I mean, Italy. Rome. Capital of Italy. Because oh, Italy is a country. Rome is just the city. Crazy. <laughs> is Rome a big city? Yes. Or it was, at oh. least. But it probably is still. I'm seeing if I can find it in the maps in the back of my book. Mm. Anyway, I just thought it was funny because oh, I was like, oh, I don't know where it is. I don't know where oh, it is. Oh, here's Rome. Here's Rome. Good job. Rome in Italy. That's <laughs> Well, again, well, like I said, I said like... Italy is the Roman Empire. Yes. Yes. They had an empire. Alright, so anyway. <laughs> um, we had Aquila... He met Aquila and Priscilla, his wife, who came from Italy, and they left Italy because Claudius had ordered all the Jews to leave Rome. <laughs> Why'd she do that? Claudius, he didn't want the Jews there. Oh. Oh, it's a boy. I think I said, why did she I do know, that? I know, that's why I emphasized the he afterwards. <laughs> um, and they were tent makers, so they... Um, Make tents! They worked together. Well, I mean, they're married. Because that was what... Well, I mean, like, but Paul also made tents. Like, they worked together. Because oh. Paul made tents to... to um, so he didn't have to necessarily need handouts or anything. So he could work his way through his travels. 
Um, let's see. And then, of course, Paul meets with some more opposition. Uh, Crispus, the synagogue leader, and his entire household believed in the Lord, and many of the Corinthians who heard Paul believed and were baptized. So there was still good going on, even though people were opposing Paul. And then one night, the Lord spoke to Paul in a vision. Do not be afraid. Keep on speaking. Do not be silent, for I am with you. And no one is going to attack and harm you, because I have many people in this city. So, so Paul stayed in Cor- Corinth for a year and a half teaching them the word of the God. The word of the God. The word of God. There we go. <laughs> he was just teaching some. Um, so, yeah, he had, a, he, had, he had spent a lot of time with the Corinthians. In the Corinthian church. Uh, let's see. And then when he left, he um, he was accompanied by Priscilla and Aquila. They kept they kept they stayed with him. Oh yeah. They're very close to that. Is a part where I find it interesting. Before they left, Paul had his head shaved. That's actually also in verse eighteen. <laughs> That's part of what I was saying. Verse eighteen's kind of long. Oh yeah. Well, I thought <laughs> it was in like nineteen yeah. or twenty. But oh, nope. yep. It's part of the same thing we're talking about. Yep. And then they arrived at Ephesus, where Paul left Priscilla and Aquila. Ephesus! Yeah! Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> I'm more referring that for Jade Fire here, because um, of the Ephesians. We, we had to talk about it. He And then he reasoned in the synagogue again. <laughs> <laughs> where did he do that? Which verse? Verse 19 still. They arrived at Ephesus, where Paul left Priscilla and Aquila. Mm-hmm. He himself went into the synagogue and reasoned with the Jews. I just says and spoke to the Jews. Mm. Uh, when they asked him to spend more time with them, he actually declined. But as he left, he promised, I will come back if it is God's will. Which is just a really good statement. Like, it is, like a lot of times we just tend to say, oh, I will go do this. Or I will, like, in the future. I will do this in the future, like, tomorrow. Or I'll be here. Or I'll come here. Without thinking... If God wills, I will be here. Like and it's a thing maybe, maybe the city will get destroyed. Maybe all the people of the city. Well, yeah, we never, die. Know, we never know. What's maybe you happen. die. And maybe it's you just said you were, maybe you said you were going to your friend's house that night. Somebody dies. Or there's a car accident. Somebody's just hurt. And so, or there's a traffic jam, and then you end up going to your friend's house in the morning. <laughs> Not when you originally planned. Anyway, my point is, it's just good to remember that if God wills, should always be in the forefront of our minds. Because there's a lot of times where we get super frustrated because plans didn't go the way we wanted them to go. Because we were making the plans without any consideration to what God might want. We often forget God in the picture for a lot of daily routine things and so it's just good to remember you don't always have to say i will be there if god wills though it might be helpful for everybody to remind and remember but you should at least always think about that it's like oh hey we're going to go to homeschool group tomorrow if god wills because something might happen people might have ear infections (laughs) (laughs) and people might be throwing up you just you don't know (laughs) yeah i mean there's a lot of things that could you know like the car might just not start or maybe it snows a ton. We didn't get a ton, but maybe, like, it could, you know. And then we're just like, well, we're not driving anywhere today. Yep. All right. So then, let's see. He ends up in Caesarea. Who does? Looks Paul? like Paul. He set sail from Ephesus. When he landed at Caesarea, 
he went up to Jerusalem, and Caesarea is where that other centurion was that we were just going back to look at back in like chapter fourteen or whatever. Oh, okay. Um, that Peter had to go meet. So, uh, let's see. After spending some time in Antioch, Paul set out from there and traveled from place to place through the region of Galatia and Phrygia, strengthening all the disciples. Phrygia. Uh, meanwhile, a Jew named Apollos, a native of Alexandria, came to Ephesus. He was a learned man and a learned man with a thorough knowledge of the scripture. He had been instructed in the way of the Lord, and he spoke with great fervor and taught about Jesus accurately, though he knew only the baptism of John. He began to speak boldly in the synagogue. When Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they invited him to their home and explained to him the way of God more adequately. So, Apollos came to Ephesus, which is a place that Paul had already left now. He left Aquila and Priscilla there, though. And so Aquila and Priscilla got to meet with Apollos, who did teach accurately, but... Didn't teach everything? Right, because he only knew, like, John's baptism. And that that John taught. And so he hadn't quite got all of Jesus' teachings, and so they were able to explain even more and help him str- and strengthen him, right? So it's just some things to note. Is His name is Apollos. He also taught in a place that Paul taught after Paul left, right? So these are kind of interesting, important things that will get brought up again later in one of the letters. Another thing to remember is that it says that... Um, where did I read this now? Uh, 26. He began to speak boldly. When Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they invited him to their home and explained to him the way of God more accurately. It did not say Aquila. It said Priscilla and Aquila. So that means that there was a man and a woman, husband and wife, together, who taught Apollos more information. This is important because of some comments later on about women teaching men in the Bible. And you need to hold the whole scripture together, and not just one section. <laughs> Does it mean just uh, the girl taught? Does it mean just the Aquila taught, but... There's just some controversy over some verses later on, and so it's just good. Like, I don't even necessarily have all the right answers about how this all plays out, but it's good to remember that there are instances where it seems that they may have done such. Also, I don't know if you know or remember, I guess, Deborah, who was a judge in the Old Testament. She wrote a book. She did not. There's a book called Judges, and Deborah appears in that book because she was one of the judges. Oh. She she (laughs) was approached by... Barak, who was supposed to lead an army, and he's like, well, I will only go out there into that battle if you come with. And Deborah's like, okay, but then you will not get the glory, a woman will. And that's when JL does the whole tent spike in the head thing. What? What did she say? JL. There's a character in that story, JL. She, you know, the the guy, the captain of the opposing uh, army or whatever flees, and JL takes care of him in the tent gives him some more milk instead. He asks for, like, water or something, I think. But she gives him more milk, even. And some food, or I think. I don't remember. I, whatever. She she takes it, lets him fall asleep. She t- takes a tent stake and drives it through his head. Because he was supposed to die, along with his army. <laughs> I thought you said she did a bike trick, and so I was A bike like, trick? No. What? <laughs> Sorry. How did JL in the back? A tent he... spike, I think I said, maybe. A spike. And drove it right through his head. <laughs> Jail was pretty hardcore. All right. She's like, here you go. Now you die! <laughs> but a judge had to rule on things and stuff. Not necessarily 
there's argument of whether she had to teach, but she was definitely a leader of sorts. Yeah. And so that's also important to remember <laughs> in the context of things. All right. Uh, when Apollos wanted to go to Achaia, the brothers and sisters encouraged him and wrote to the disciples there to welcome him. When he arrived, he was a great help to those who by grace had believed, for he vigorously refuted his Jewish opponents in public debate, proving from the scripture that Jesus was the Messiah. So after being uh, getting some even better information, he was, he was already doing really good, and he just kept on doing really good for God. It's, and it almost sounds like he was just good at debating, too. The way it's like, which is called Paul in Ephesus, so we must go back. <laughs> the Apostle Paul in Ephesus. Mine's ah, more sorry. specific. True, true. There could be a lot of Pauls. Um, hey, I'm Paul. No, our Paul. No, so then I'm it looks Paul. like Apollos went to Corinth, because it says while Apollos was at Corinth. <laughs> so he went there. Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and asked them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they answered, No, we have not heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So Paul asked, Then what baptism did you receive? John's baptism, they replied. Paul said, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him, that is, in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. There were about twelve men in all. So that's kind of exciting. The apostles, about twelve. Oh, yeah, I suppose. Twelve apostles, twelve men. Yeah, we're in chapter nineteen, by the way. In case you didn't catch that. I'm the one who said. Now we're moving on to chapter nineteen. Oh, I missed it. I missed you saying that. Sorry. Like... Let's see. I do have a highlight. Uh, let's see. God did extraordinary miracles through Paul, so that even handkerchiefs and aprons that had touched him were taken to the sick, and their illnesses were cured, and the evil spirits left them. So just things that, uh, that was verse 11 and 12. Oh, okay. So God was working through him so much that even, like, things that he touched were taken to people that were sick, and then they would touch them and be healed. It reminds me of the story of when that one lady who was really sick and had been for, like, 18 years. Oh, And yeah. Jesus is actually going to heal a dead girl, as well, but, but actually asleep, and the lady just touched his cloak and he was healed. Mm-hmm. Let's see, some Jews went around driving out evil spirits, tried to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who were demon-possessed. They would say, in the name of the Jesus whom Paul preaches, I command you to come out. Seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, were doing this. One day, the evil spirit answered them, Jesus I know, and Paul I know about, but who are you? Then the man who had the evil spirit jumped on them and overpowered them all. He gave them such a beating that they ran out of the house naked and bleeding. <laughs> so you can't just be like, oh, yeah, we demand you leave in the person that this other person's preaching about. Like, they didn't they didn't know Jesus. <laughs> Let's see. When this became known to the Jews and Greeks living in Ephesus, they were all seized with fear, and the name of the Lord Jesus was held in high honor. Many of those who believed now came and openly confessed what they had done. A number who had practiced sorcery brought their scrolls together and burned them publicly. When they calculated the value of the scrolls, the total came to 50,000 drachmas. Which verse is that? 18 and 19. Mind you, says several million dollars. 
Right on. So, um, yeah, I just like how they like just totally recognized the power of Jesus. They're like, we are wrong. Let's burn these things. And they would, yeah, they even, they used to practice sorcery, like their own like magic and stuff. And they brought their scrolls together and burned them publicly. And yeah, it was, they were, all those scrolls and everything were worth a lot of money. <laughs> they probably had spent a lot of money getting all of them. So yeah, they just, it didn't matter what the cost was. They knew the truth and that's what they wanted. They would spend everything for the truth. Yep. And then there was eventually a riot in Ephesus. A great riot. disturbance about the way. The way. I just find it interesting how they refer to it as the way. Mm-hmm. A silversmith named Demetrius, who made silver shrines of Artemis, brought in a lot of business for the craftsmen there. He called them together, along with the workers in related trades, and said, You know, my friends, that we receive a good income from this business, and you see and hear how this fellow Paul has convinced and led astray large numbers of people here. So he was taking away all their... They were getting a lot of money for making these shrines and stuff to a fake god, and uh, so they didn't like it. And they tried to shout their own little, Great is Artemis of the Ephesians. What? <laughs> when they heard this, Artemis. they were furious and began shouting, Great is Artemis of the Ephesians. Artemis was the god. Yeah. I think she was a goddess. Right. I think. Well, it's just like men. Who is men? Mankind? Yeah. Everyone. Exactly. So goddess does denote that this is a female interpretation That's of a god, but it's still a god. Yeah, uh, a false god. Yeah, I'm just trying to. I was just trying to explain that. Like, I wasn't saying that it was male necessarily. Yeah. All right. Um. Let's see. So uh, yeah, in Ephesus, got into a lot of trouble because of. The Great Artemis. That's so great. Here, oh, I found this interesting too. So in verse 35, the city clerk quieted the crowd and said, Fellow Ephesians, doesn't all the world know that the city of Ephesus is the guardian of the temple of the Great Artemis and of her image, which fell from heaven? That's a lie. Uh, it might not necessarily be a lie. There's a plenty that fell from heaven, and they're not heavenly creatures anymore. <laughs> what fell from heaven? Uh, from Lucifer one? and the rest of the fallen angels. Those who sided with Lucifer. I see. So, there may be some power there that led them to believe that this was a god. But probably not god's power. Which probably also, it could have even allowed them to um, delve in, like it led them into the scrolls that they were eventually burning and stuff like that too. Mm-hmm. Like maybe that stuff worked. Whatever sorcery they were doing as they communed with false gods, but actual um, entities. That's just possible. Maybe a rock fell from... Like, maybe a meteor hit, and they're like, this must be a god, and then they just carved a form of Artemis out of it. That could also be the truth. I don't know. <laughs> yep. Uh, <laughs> Let's see. I don't have any more notes, personally. Okay, so... Chapter 20? 
So Paul's doing more traveling. He's a traveling man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Made somebody raised from the dead in this chapter. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I say someone because I don't know how to pronounce his name. Itikichas. 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 Itikas. Itikichas. I'm guessing it starts with more of a U sound with the E U there, but. Um, how did he fall through stories again? Like, I don't get how it is. he was just asleep and then he fell. Did he, like, roll, sleepwalk? How did that work? Well, it says, um, there were many lamps in the upstairs room where, there, where we were meeting. Seated in a window was a young man named Eutychus. Oh, I didn't see Who was him. sinking into a deep sleep as Paul talked on and on. When he was sound asleep, he fell to the ground from the third story and was picked up dead. So it's Paul's fault. He was so boring. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, yeah, my makes it a little concerning. That's fine. Okay. So, yeah, he was at a window when he fell asleep, and so then he fell. He's <laughs> just, like, sitting in a window. Yep. <laughs> Paul's like, you know, actually, you don't have to be dead now. Be <laughs> like... It's my fault. You could go come become alive again. I don't. And know. then they went upstairs, broke bread, and ate. Mm-hmm. It's past midnight. Or midnight exactly. Just... Yeah. After talking until daylight, he left. So he talked all through the night. Let's see. So he's talking to, I think, the elders, the Ephesian elders. But he gives them some warnings and stuff too, like keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. I know that after I leave, savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flock. Even from your own number, men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them. So be on your guard. Remember that for three years I never stopped warning each of you, night and day, with tears. So, like, he's just warning that there's going to be a lot of false teachers even amongst them not just outside of the group but even amongst them there will be false leaders because that's what he means by the wolves right he's not talking about actual wolves because mm-hmm. the flock wolves would eat of you know they would come into the flock of sheep and eat them so the flock are the people at the church that they're supposed to be overseeing and guiding as shepherds basically and they need to keep the wolves out and sometimes some of the sheep just turn out to be wolves <laughs> so so it's just good to be reminded that we need to be on our guard, because even amongst people that claim to be Christians, there will be false teachers telling us yep. and lead, trying to lead us away from God. Oh, we have a um, common saying around here in verse 35, saying a lot of people have heard even without reading the Bible, probably. I've left you an example of how you should serve and take care of those who are weak, for we must always cherish the words of the Lord Jesus, who taught giving brings a far greater blessing than receiving. Um, or my translation says, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Same here. <laughs> Does that sound familiar at all? No. You've never heard anybody say it's better to <laughs> give than to receive? I've heard people say it, but it's not like home. No. Oh. Okay. <laughs> are you in ESV? Or are you still in NIV? NIV. Oh. I still normally like to give than to receive. Depends how good the price and the reaction to the people <laughs> I give to. Yes, you can get great gifts and enjoy them. And sometimes you can even enjoy them for a while. But it is still more blessed and better to give because you are 
building up possibly friendships or helping to smooth out any issues that may have been there because then you can still show that they're still caring um you can make someone else happy and help them through things there's just there's a lot more to giving than receiving receiving just benefits you for you know whatever whereas you can benefit more by helping others let's see all right they all wept and they embraced and kissed him what grieved them most was his statement that they would never see his face again and they accompanied to the ship accompanied him to the ship so that was it he was done with ephesus i think i think that's where done with was. them yeah i'm going to jerusalem not knowing what will happen to me there i only know that in every city the holy spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me so he knows that he's facing some hard stuff coming up and prison all right we can go to 21 after we had torn ourselves away from them, we put out to sea and sailed straight to Kos. The next day we went to Rhodes and from there to Patara. We found a ship crossing over to Phoenicia, went on board and set sail. So a lot of traveling. We had Cyprus and passing to the south of it, we sailed on to Syria, landed at Tyr. We sought out the disciples there and stayed with them seven days. Through the spirit they urged Paul not to go on to Jerusalem. When it was time to leave, we left and continued on our way. All of them, including wives and children, accompanied us out of the city, and there on the beach we knelt to pray. After saying goodbye to each other, we went aboard the ship, and they returned home. So a lot of prayers going on, too, which is good. Keeping keeping in contact and conversation with God and being led by the Spirit. And then we have verse 9 I thought was interesting. So, uh, 7, we continued our voyage from Tyre and landed at... Ptolemaeus, where we greeted the brothers and sisters and stayed with them for a day. Leaving the next day, we reached Caesarea and stayed at the house of Philip, the evangelist, one of the seven. He had four unmarried daughters who prophesied. So, some people would make the claim that women do not prophesy, because that involves um, explaining what you're prophesying and teaching and things like that. It involves teaching. <laughs> But uh, we have a passage right here that specifically says that there's at least four women that were prophesying. I mean, we also saw a prophetess in Luke chapter 2. Remember? Uh, Anna? What was that other girl's name again who was talking to Brock and saying how... Deborah the judge? Deborah. Wasn't she like... Wasn't there a big line while she was under a tree when Brock went there and she was teaching? Uh, was she might have just been making judgments. I don't know. Oh, okay. That could have been it. I don't remember. Maybe they were although, there for her wisdom. Although, <laughs> when she said that uh, to Brock about that women would get the glory, or a woman would have the glory, not him, that was prophecy. So that was coming from God. It's not like she just knew that. Yeah. <laughs> or was going to make it happen. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just very interesting that some people somehow skip over these things. Let's see. Paul eventually gets to Jerusalem. And then... And what happens in Jerusalem, which is why people didn't want him there, and what he said he knew he was kept, what he was probably going to face there. He was arrested. He was arrested. <laughs> I thought it was coming. Yep. They st uh, some Jews from the province of Asia saw Paul at the temple. They stirred up the whole crowd and seized him, shouting, Fellow Israelites, help us. This is the man who teaches everyone everywhere against our people and our law and this place. He hasn't even been teaching in here, has he? Uh, I think so. I don't know. 
Maybe I'm thinking of something else. He's always teaching. I think I don't think you could stop Paul from teaching wherever he's at. Well, there was one place <laughs> where he wasn't actually teaching, and he's arrested, and then I found him. He wasn't actually causing any disturbance. Mm. But that's probably later on towards the end. Spoilers. Spoilers. Let's see. And they were pretty violent and angry with him, too. Like, when Paul reached the steps, let's see, some in the crowd shouted one thing and some another, and since the commander could not get at the truth because of the uproar, he ordered that Paul be taken into the barracks. When Paul reached the steps, the violence of the mob was so great, he had to be carried by the soldiers. The crowd that followed kept shouting, Get rid of him! They really didn't like what he had to say. No. No, they didn't. It's amazing how powerful words can be sometimes. And then, what I really like is... As the soldiers were about to take Paul into the barracks, he asked the commander, May I say something to you? Do you speak Greek? He replied. Aren't you the Egyptian who started a revolt and led 4,000 terrorists out into the wilderness some time ago? Paul answered, I am a Jew from Tarsus in Silica, a citizen of no ordinary city. Please let me speak to the people. After receiving the commander's permission, Paul stood on the steps and motion to the crowd, the people that are telling him to get rid of him, that are trying to be harsh to him, that they had to get carried for a bit. And when they were all silent, he said to them in Aramaic. And so then he goes and preaches to the crowd. They all gathered around. I kind of like all the teaching in general. There's nothing specific. It's just interesting to me. Yeah. Yeah, so in 22, he's talking and how to them. he even talks about the part of nine, and he tells them how he's going on the way. And... and, like, I just like that he starts it off with, listen now to my defense. And so he's giving a defense of his actions, but at the same time, giving his testimony and teaching truth. So just, so they all gathered, and so he gets to talk to them all. <laughs> he has to say though. Well, no. He preaches about everything and then they're all like, kill him! But they did listen to him until he got to the end. Mm-hmm. When the Lord said, go, I will send you far away to the Gentiles. The crowd listened until he said this. Then they raised their voices and said, rid the earth of him. He's not fit to live. They wanted to kill him over this. Mm-hmm. Let's see. So yeah, they are very angry. And he gets, let's see, he directed that he be flogged and interrogated in order to find out why the people were shouting at him like that. So they didn't even know. They're like, why are they so angry with you? (laughs) Yep. And as they stretched him out to flog him, Paul said to the centurion standing there, Is it legal for you to flog a Roman citizen who hasn't even been found guilty? (laughs) It's like, it's like when... He was talking to them, and the prisoner's like, "Then you can now you can go." And he's like, "I'm not leaving. I didn't get a fair trial, and they beat me up and threw me in jail." That's yeah. earlier. So they questioned him a little bit. He's like, "Are you a Roman citizen?" Yeah, I had to pay a lot of money for my citizenship, but I was born a citizen. Paul replied. Those who were about to interrogate him withdrew immediately. The commander himself was alarmed when he realized that he had put Paul, a Roman citizen, in chains. Like, oh crap, (laughs) we are in a bit of trouble here. (laughs) Because they weren't treating him how they're supposed to treat Roman citizens. I guess not. So then they wanted to investigate more to figure out why he was being accused by the Jews. Mm -hmm. And they released him. 
and ordered the chief priests and all the members of the Sanhedrin to assemble so that they could talk to them. Chapter 23! Yep. <laughs> so Baal looked straight at the Sanhedrin and said, My brothers, I have fulfilled my duty to God in all good conscience to this day. At this, the high priest Ananias ordered those standing near Paul to strike him on the mouth. Didn't he say his conscience was perfect? He's like, he was killing them before, and he said his conscience was perfect. I'm quite confused by that. Well, where does he, where, where, where are you looking? Um, you had a different wording, but it's in the... Oh, I have fulfilled my duty to God in all good conscience to this day. That's what I said. Yes, gotcha. and mine says, with a perfectly clear conscience. Yeah, his conscience is clear. He does not feel that he is doing anything wrong at all. Oh, I thought it kind of meant like his past was clear, and I was like... Well, I mean, he is kind of clean from like that, too. he was too. perfect in his past, and I was like... Oh, no. And no. is that Ananias the one who helped him? Uh, I looked I think back there and it said Ananias. But I uh, high Priest Ananias? This says High Priest Ananias. I don't know if they're the same Ananias. Ananias the High Priest. Yeah, it just says Ananias back here. Which chapter? Mine. When he was healed and everything. Who was healed? Ananias? No, Paul was healed. He was blind because... Oh, Ananias was the one who healed him. Right, 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 right. right. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Sorry. And so I'm wondering why Ananias ordered him to be struck again. Yeah, I think it might be a different Ananias. Because we also have chapter 5 Ananias. Ananias and Sapphire. Annie and Sappy. It's not Annie and Tappy, and also, Annie's a girl's name. Anakin Skywalker was called Annie all the time in Star Wars. And he's a guy. Daddy? I am not. I am the old man. <laughs> Ruby, I am not your father. <laughs> Ananias and Sapphira! So my point is, there oh, might be like three different Ananiases here. <laughs> yes, Ananias. We know there's at least two. Because it's definitely not the Ananias from chapter five. Yeah. Unless that happened after what? But that wouldn't even make. No, it does not make any sense. All right. Unless there's time travel, which I don't think. Nope. There's no such thing as time travel. <laughs> oh. Ah. Says who? Everybody. That's not true. Some of the brightest minds suggest that it could be possible. I mean, it could be possible, but it's like existing now or in the past. Well, if time travel does ever exist or has existed and you just don't know about it, even if it's in the future, then it exists in the past if they're able to travel back in time because they have possibly already done it. You just don't know about it. Maybe I'm from the future. No, we, that I could guarantee is not true. Maybe you're from the future. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm from the future. I can also no. guarantee that that's not true. <laughs> Are you sure? Maybe I. Maybe um, someone who looks just like me was born in the future and we just swapped places. Nope. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway. Mm.
Um, so yeah, clear conscience. High priest very annoyed with him, so he tells him to get struck, and so then Ball told him, "God will strike you, you whitewashed wall. You whitewashed sit there. Wall? Yeah, you sit there to judge me according to the law, yet you yourself violate the law by commanding that I be struck." And so then the others standing near him are like, "How dare you insult the God's high priest?" But Paul's like, I didn't know he was. And yeah, so he talks about how he was a Pharisee and he's standing on trial just because he has the hope of the resurrection of the dead. And then, let's see. So he's he's locked up again, it sounds like. And during that time, uh, the Lord stood near Paul and said, Take courage, as you have testified about me in Jerusalem, which is what he just did, right? He testified all about him in his defense. So you must also testify in Rome. So he knows that he's going to have to do some more testifying about the God, or about the God. I keep doing that. He needs to do more testifying about God to people, and it'll be in Rome, and he's going to get to Rome by being arrested. <laughs> so as a prisoner. He's arrested, then someone takes him because of... And then there was a start. plot to kill Paul. Didn't they swear they wouldn't eat or drink until... Or More than 40 men were involved in the plot to kill him. And yes, they. the next morning some Jews formed a conspiracy and bound themselves with an oath not to eat or drink until they had killed Paul. Wow. And then a boy of Paul's friend or cousin finds out about this and goes and tells a high priest because somebody takes him there like an important guard or something. And he tells the high priest, and the high priest is like, well, don't tell anybody else that you've told me this. And then he makes Paul go to Rome, I'm guessing? Uh, let's see. So, yeah, they make, they figure things out, and then he's transferred to Caesarea. Um, there's a lot of people protecting him. Yep. Safely to the governor, Felix. And then there was a letter written to Claudius Lysias. Or no. From Claudius Lysias. Anyway, there's a letter written between uh, important people <laughs> in government. And so he explains that they rescued him and um, learned that he is a Roman citizen. And how he tried to investigate the plot and like, why are they trying to kill him? <laughs> why, why do they want him dead and arrested? Mm-hmm. I think that's all I have for that chapter. Yep. Um, and chapter 24, Paul's trial before Felix. Fix it, Felix? <laughs> that's interesting that you, that's the first thing you think of, because, like, it makes sense. But, like, for me, the first thing I think of is Felix the cat, because Fix it, Felix wasn't a thing when I was a kid. <laughs> Felix the cat? Yeah, do you know Felix the cat at all? Felix kind of sounds like Fox, so I think of it as a fox. Interesting. Felix the... Yeah, I used to watch some cartoons of him. I'll pull, I'll pull up a picture here quick. This is super important and very biblical. <laughs> oh! I've seen cartoons about him! Yeah. Felix. Yeah, that's, that's... He gets zapped by lightning in one of them, and then he just head turns into a light bulb. That's the one I most commonly know. I think we had that on a tape that I used to watch all the time. Grandma has it on um, uh, 50, 50 cartoons. Or fi- um... 50 colored cartoons. Oh, interesting. Well, that's cool. And that's one of the cartoons. Yep. Bugs Bunny is my favorite. I used to watch a lot of Bugs Bunny, too. He's funny. Anyway. 
So Felix is well, a governor or something, I think. So, um, so he has a trial. They say they have found this man to be a troublemaker, stirring up riots among the Jews all over the world. He is a ringleader of the Nazarene sect, and even tried to desecrate the temple, so we seized him. <laughs> Not quite accurate. No. Um, so Paul replied, and had a nice long thing about his accusers, did not find me arguing with anyone at the temple, or stirring up a crowd in the synagogues, or anywhere else in the city. And they cannot prove to you the charges they are now making against me. However, I admit that I worship the god of our ancestors as a follower of the way, which they call a sect. I believe everything that is in accordance with the law, and that is written in the prophets, and I have the same hope in God as these men themselves have that there will be a resurrection of both the righteous and the wicked. So I strive always to keep my conscience clear before God and man. I'm sure they liked uh, hearing him compare himself to them. <laughs> so yeah, he gives a nice long defense. And, and again, it is concerning the resurrection of the dead that I am on trial before you today. <laughs> and Felix, who was well acquainted with the way, so he, he knew the way, he, he knew about them at least, Adjourn the proceedings, and then says when Lysias, the commander, comes, he said, I will decide your case. Several days later, Felix came with his wife, Drusilla, who was Jewish. He sent for Paul and listened to him as he spoke about faith in Christ Jesus. So Paul, again, got to talk about it. As Paul talked about righteousness, self-control, and the judgment to come, Felix was afraid and said, That's enough for now. You may leave. When I find it convenient, I will send for you. At the same time, he was hoping that Paul would offer him a bribe, so he sent for him frequently and talked with him. When two years had passed, Felix was succeeded by Porcius Festus, but because Felix wanted to grant a favor to the Jews, he left Paul in prison. So, he was hoping for a bribe, which is why he sent Paul for, for Paul to come and talk to him again and again and again, even though he got afraid by some of the things Paul was saying. That was true. He didn't want to necessarily believe that stuff. He wasn't ready. But this means he invited Paul to talk about Jesus over and over and over again. So God used this situation for Paul to at least spread the message to more people. <laughs> and actually, like, possibly... I mean, I'm, I'm going to guess Felix didn't really want to buy into it, but there might be other people that overheard it. It's just interesting that God uses all kinds of circumstances to get his message out. And Paul was faithful. Kind of like what we've been hearing in the sermons about um, Joseph. Not quite the same with same message, because he wasn't teaching about Jesus, because, you know, <laughs> this is the Old Testament that, that Joseph was in. Uh, Joseph uh, the dreamer. Sorry, not Joseph the father of Jesus. Or, you know, human father. <laughs> he wasn't even technically father. Well, he raised him. Taught him how to be a carpenter. Um, but yeah, like, Joseph was put into prison and all this stuff, but every, even when he was just a slave, he worked real hard, and God made things succeed, and people recognized it and saw that in his life, and then he was sent to prison, and once again was put in charge of things even in prison while he's imprisoned there, that the person in charge of things didn't have to worry about anything that Joseph was in charge of, because everything succeeded, because God was with him. And he still trusted God to interpret the dreams of the two people in prison with him. Because he's like, I don't interpret them. God does. <laughs> yeah. So, it's just, it doesn't matter what our circumstances. We could be in a really crummy thing. But 
there's no reason to um, not still follow God. He's with us. All right, I think. That's it. It is Ruby. It is your turn to close us out in prayer. Oh wait, did anything stand out to you that you could work on? Is there anything, anything you can take away from this that you should focus on going forward and trying to work on? Well, before we get into that, how have you been about praying right before you read? Um, it's taking practice. I've been doing better than I have in the past, but sometimes I will forget. How many times have you prayed before you've read your chapters this week, do you think? About two? Yeah, I think I'm in the same boat. I also did not succeed <laughs> as much as I would. Well, no, that's not true, because I read the chap- uh, chapters. I read the Bible a lot more days, so... I might have re- done it three times, but I'm not positive. I think I may have actually done it four times, but I don't just read four days, so... I'm pretty sure I forgot to. Forgot the whole shebang. So, yes, make sure you're praying right before you read. Mm-hmm. Work on, we'll keep working on that, and also praying right before you go to sleep. Mm-hmm. Okay? And you, specifically, Ruby, can pray for some healing. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, did anything in our discussion stand out to you this week that you could maybe apply to your life in some tactile way, or just something that you want to remember as you go forward? Uh, not really. There's nothing in there no. that you want to remember? Uh, I mean, I kind of want to remember the whole Bible, but... No. no, not really. Okay, well, I will remind you again, then. Because <laughs> I pretty much told you something we should all do better about remembering. God's will. Mm-hmm. That it be God's will when we make plans. Keep that in the forefront of our minds is, I think, a very important thing we can all learn to do. Mm-hmm. Not just me. Or, not just you guys, but also me. Like, that's something I need to remember. I didn't know we could count that. Well, then, yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course you can count that. That's... Uh, you're not expected to change everything overnight. And if you didn't get anything new this time around, that's fine. But I think this is something we can all work on doing. Yes. Definitely work mm. on that. Uh-huh. Sound like a plan? Mm-hmm. Okay. Let us pray. Dear God, um... Thank you that we are able to go through the Bible together. Um, please help us decipher your word and uh, continue reading it. Amen. And for everybody listening, just a reminder, we will be finishing up the last four chapters of Acts and reading the first four chapters of Romans for next time. All right. Peace out.